All right, welcome everybody. Pastor Eli James here. This is Eurofolk Radio. Welcome to another edition of Genesis to Revelation with my partner in crime, Dan from Georgia. How are you doing this morning? I am good. How are you? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very good, actually. Uh, I've been uh, addressing my radiation problems and uh, been getting better all the time. Haven't had any headaches or eye pain since pretty much I came back from my trip to Freedom Palooza because I realized that I have to stay away from uh, computer screens and uh, radiating outlets as much as possible. So I've been doing much better, uh, getting a much better sleep, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So I'm going to issue a report about that uh, this Friday on Yahweh's Covenant People and do more uh, radiation reports. They're, they're trying to kill us in so many different ways, poisoning our food, irradiating us. Uh, it's, uh, everything. It's just, yeah, everything. It's just uh, unimaginable what they're try- doing to us. And they haven't even rolled out 5G yet, although they have in, in some localities, right? Yeah. Okay. So, and we have a special report also uh, when we get to Judges chapter, it's either 20, I think it's 21, where the uh, the infamous clash between uh, the 11 tribes of Israel versus the tribe of Benjamin, and they nearly wipe out the entire tribe of Benjamin. So we can see, it's very evident, Dan, that the book of Judges uh, explains how the Israelites in general were becoming paganized and uh, behaving very badly, <laughs> to put it lightly, to put it very lightly, behaving very badly. But also, I think what was going on at this time as well is a lot of the Israelites were migrating west and north already, okay? I, it's, I think the maybe the, um, the migration to uh, Britain from... Uh, from this territory uh, had already started and uh, probably because of so much infighting, a lot of the Israelites just left, (laughs) right? And uh, uh, they had already become paganized under, you know, the, uh, what it called the separation under Solomon, right? So, and then um, we see that uh, the Israelites began populating Europe uh, by uh, the uh, Mediterranean Sea, but we'll, we'll talk more about that when we get into the later chapters. But here, let's start. We, we left off in Judges 16, but let's take it from the top because uh, I think we need to have continuity in this story. So over to you, Judges 16, 1. Okay. Then went Samson to Gaza and saw there a harlot and went in unto her. And it was told the Gazite, saying, Samson is come hither. And they compassed him in and laid wait for him all night in the gate of the city and were quiet all the night, saying, In the morning, when it is day, we shall kill him. And Samson lay till midnight and arose at midnight and took the doors of the gate of the city and the two posts and went away with them, bar and all, and put them upon his shoulders and carried them up to the top of a hill that is before Hebron. And it came to pass afterward that he loved a woman in the valley of Sorek, whose name was Delilah. And the lords of the Philistines came up unto her, and said unto her, Entice him, and see wherein his great strength lies, and by what means we may prevail against him, that we may bind him to afflict him. 
and we will give thee, every one of us, 1,100 pieces of silver. And Delilah said to Samson, Tell me, I pray thee, wherein thy great strength lies, and wherewith thou mightest be bound to afflict thee. And Samson said unto her, If they bind me with seven green widths that were never dried, then shall I be weak and be as another man. <clears throat> then the lords of the Philistines brought up to her seven green widths, which had not been dried, and she bound him with them. Now there were men laying in wait, abiding with her in the chamber. And she said unto him, The Philistines be upon thee, Samson. And he brake the widths, as the thread of tow is broken when it touches the fire. Okay, uh, so let, his, me, let me interrupt here. A width, W-I-T-H, is the, uh, it's a rope. It's already been formed into a rope, but it's still green, okay? So it hasn't cured yet. Okay, back to you. So his strength was not known. And Delilah said unto Samson, Behold, thou hast mocked me and told me lies. Now tell me, I pray thee, wherewith thou mightest be bound. And he said unto her, If they bind me with, bind me fast with new ropes that never were occupied, then shall I be weak and be as another man. Delilah therefore took new ropes and bound him therewith and said unto him, The Philistines be upon thee, Samson. And there were liars in wait abiding in the chamber. And he brake them from off his arms like a thread. And Delilah said unto Samson, Hitherto thou hast mocked me and told me lies. <laughs> Tell me wherewith thou mightest be bound. And he said unto her, If thou weavest the seven locks of my head with the web. And she fastened it with the pin and said unto him, The Philistines be upon thee, Samson. And he awaked out of his sleep and went away with the pin of the beam and with the web. And she said unto him, How canst thou say I love thee when thine heart is not with me? Thou hast mocked me these three times and hast not told me wherein thy great strength lies. And it came to pass when she pressed him daily with her words and urged him so that his soul was vexed unto death, <laughs> that he told her all his heart and said yeah. unto her, There has not come a razor upon my head. For I have been a Nazarite unto God from my mother's womb. If I be shaven, then my strength will go from me, and I shall become weak and be like any other man. And when Delilah saw that he had told her all his heart, she sent and called for the lords of the Philistines, saying, Come up this once, for he has showed me all his heart. Then the lords of the Philistines came up unto her and brought money in their hand. And she made him sleep upon her knees, and she called for a man, and she caused him to shave off the seven locks of his head. And she began to afflict him, and his strength went from him. Okay, now I cannot imagine that uh, Samson wasn't, you know, f had figured out that she was trying to you know, make him weak. Uh, there's no way he, he could not have figured that out, right? So, but, but it's also possible that he uh, was just becoming tired of the whole thing, right? And uh, said, okay, let's get done with it. You know, have her shave my hair off. So, um, yeah, it was a bad marriage, put it that way. <laughs> well, right. yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, men are suckers for a, a, a pretty, <laughs> a pretty face. Anyway. Right, yeah. yeah. She had to be real anything. pretty for him to overlook all that, right? <laughs> yeah. 
And she said, The Philistines be upon thee, Samson. And he awoke out of his sleep and said, I will go out as at other times and as other times before and shake myself. And he wist not that Yahweh was departed from him. Oh, boy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. I can see that this is a parable. I never thought of this before. Samson mm-hmm. is a parable for the strength of Israel. Okay. The strength the, is from Yahweh, not yeah, from the actual there, there you go. There you go. And so here we are in the end times, and our, our long locks have been shaven off by the enemy of the churches, right? The churches have mm-hmm. shaven off our long locks, and now we are, uh, have no strength. And uh, Yahweh has departed from us, the vast majority of the Anglo-Saxon, Celtic, and Caucasian people have no strength anymore. Okay, so and Delilah and Delilah represents the Jews, and 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 or the churches, right? Certainly the, the Jews. Yeah. 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 Okay, back to you. <clears throat> but the Philistines took him and put out his eyes and brought him down to Gaza and bound him with fetters of brass, and he did grind in the prison house. Howbeit the hair of his head began to grow again after uh-oh. he was shaven. Uh oh, uh oh. It's only a matter of time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we better grow our hair back, Israel. Back to you. <laughs> yeah. right, right. Then the lords of the Philistines gathered them together for to offer a great sacrifice unto Dagon their God, and to mm. rejoice. For they said, Our God has delivered Samson, our enemy, into our hand. And when the people saw him, they praised their God. For they said, Our God has delivered into our hands our enemy, and the destroyer of our country, which slew many of us. And it came to pass, when their hearts were merry, that they said, Call for Samson, that he may make us sport. And they called for Samson out of the prison house, and he made them sport, and they set him between the pillars. And Samson said unto the lad that held him by the hand, Suffer me that I may feel the pillars whereupon this house stands that I may lean upon them. Now the house was full of men and women, and all the lords of the Philistines were there. And there were upon the roof about 3,000 men and women that beheld while Samson made sport. And Samson called unto Yahweh and said, O Lord Lord God, remember me, I pray thee, and strengthen me, I pray thee, only this once, O God, that I may, may be at once avenged of the Philistines, for my two eyes. And Samson took hold of the two middle pillars upon which the house stood and on which it was borne up, of the one with his right hand and of the other with his left. And Samson said, Let me die with the Philistines. And he bowed himself with all his might, and the house fell upon the lords and upon all the people that were therein. So the dead which he slew at his death were more than they which he slew in his life. Okay, so apparently it's not okay to commit suicide, but it's okay to be a kamikaze. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. That's what it appears. That's right. right. Okay, back to you. Then his brethren and all the house of his father came down and took him and brought him up and buried him between Zorah and Eshtaol in the burying place of Manoah, his father. And he judged Israel 20 years. Wow. Okay. So, very good. So, uh, let me get this straight here. Uh, I thought, wait a minute. Uh, I, uh, was he killed when he brought the pillars down or not? Yeah. 
He was. Okay, yeah. He slew at his death were more than they which he slew in his life. Okay, very good, yeah. So it was, for sure, a kamikaze action. But until his death, he had reigned in, had judged Israel for 20 years. So he's worthy of being a judge. And uh, anyway, uh, there was a different version of Esword that I had opened up on a different computer. And uh, for chapter 15, and the commentary in that version of Esword, I have to update this one, the, the commentator said it shows that uh, it's, it's bad for Israelites to have mixed marriages, referring to Samson and Delilah. And this is what happens when we have mixed marriages, okay? But mm-hmm. even so, she was acceptable as a wife because she was a Hamite, not a a Hamite of the Philistines, not a Hamite of the Canaanites, okay? So nobody objected. They didn't like it, but they didn't object. And well, even Moses' own sister didn't like it when he married Zipporah, who was a Midianite, okay? So we have to make a distinction between bloodlines here. Her bloodline was acceptable, but uh, yeah, still, it's a bad idea. All right? Okay. Let's go on to 17. All right. Chapter 17. <clears throat> and there was a man of Mount Ephraim whose name was Micah. And he said unto his mother, the 1,100 shekels of silver that were taken from thee, which about, taken from thee, about which thou cursest and speak, spoke of also in my ears, behold, the silver is with me. I took it, and his mother said, Blessed be thou of Yahweh, my son. And when he had restored the 1,100 shekels of silver to his mother, his mother said, I had wholly dedicated the silver unto Yahweh from my hand for my son to make a graven image and a molten image. Now, therefore, I will restore it unto thee. Yet he restored the money unto his mother, and his mother took 200 shekels of silver and gave them to the founder who made thereon who made thereof a graven image and a molten image, and they were in the house of Micah. And the man Micah had a house of gods, and made an ephod and a teraphim, and consecrated one of his sons, who became his priest. Okay, uh, an ephod is kind of like a girdle or belt, and the teraphim is the idol, a family idol, okay? In those days there was no king in Israel, but every man did that which was right in his own eyes. Pretty obvious, <laughs> right? Yeah, I don't worship, yeah. but it looks like it was running rampant. Okay. Mm-hmm. And there was a young man out of Bethlehem, Judah, of the family of Judah, who was a Levite, and he sojourned there. And the man departed out of the city from Bethlehem, Judah, to sojourn where he could find a place. And he came to Mount Ephraim, to the house of Micah, as he journeyed. And Micah said unto him, Whence comest thou? And he said unto him, I am a Levite of Bethlehem, Judah, and I go to sojourn where I may find a place. And Micah said unto him, Dwell with me, and be unto me a father and a priest, and I will give thee ten shekels of silver by the year, and a suit of apparel, and thy victuals. So the Levite went in. And the Levite was content to dwell with the man, and the young man was unto him as one of his sons. And Micah consecrated the Levite, and the young man became his priest and was in the house of Micah. Then said Micah, Now 
No, that now, now <laughs> know I that the Lord Yahweh will do me good, seeing I have a Levite to my priest. Okay, but this is idol worship, uh, so is this not going to turn out well? All right, back to you, <laughs> chapter <Yeah>. 18. <laughs> okay. Chapter 18. In those days, there was no king in Israel. And in those days, the tribe of the Danites sought them an inheritance to dwell in. For unto that day, all their inheritance had not fallen unto them among the tribes of Israel. And the children of Dan sent of their family five men from their coasts, men of valor, from Zorah and from Eshtaol, to spy out the land and to search it. And they said unto them, Go search the land, who when they came to Mount Ephraim, to the house of Micah, they lodged there. When they were by the house of Micah, they knew the voice of the young man, the Levite. And they turned in thither and said unto him, Who brought thee hither? And what makest thou in this place? And what hast thou here? And he said unto them, Thus and thus dealeth Michael with me, and has hired me, and I am his priest. And they said unto him, Ask counsel, we pray thee, of God, that we may know whether our way which we go shall be prosperous. And the priest said unto them, Go in peace, before Yahweh is your way wherein ye go. Then the five men departed and came to Laish and saw that the people that were therein, how they dwelt careless after the manner of the Zidonians, quiet and secure. And there was no magistrate in the land that might put them to shame in anything. And they were far from the Zidonians and had no business with any man. And they came unto their brethren to Zorah and Eshtaol, and their brethren said unto them, What say ye? And they said, Arise, that we may go up against them. For we have seen the land, and behold, it is very good. And are ye still? Be not slothful to go, and to enter to possess the land. When you go, you shall come unto a people secure, and to a large land. For God has given it into your hands, a place there is no want of anything that is in the earth. And there went from thence of the family of the Danites, out of Zorah and out of Eshtael, 600 men appointed with weapons of war. And they went up and pitched in Kerjath-Jerim in Judah. Wherefore, they called that place Mahanidan unto this day. Behold, it is behind Kerjath-Jerim. And they passed thence unto Mount Ephraim and came unto the house of Micah. Then answered the five men that went to spy out the country of Laish and said unto their brethren, Do you know that there is in these houses an ephod and teraphim and a graven image and a molten image? Now, therefore, consider what you have to do. And they turned thitherward and came to the house of the young man, the Levite, even unto the house of Micah and saluted him. And the 600 men appointed with their weapons of war, which were of the children of Dan, stood by the entering of the gate. And the five men that went to spy out the land went up and came in thither and took the graven image and the ephod and the teraphim and the molten image. And the priest stood in the entering of the gate with the 600 men that were appointed with the weapons of war. And these went into Micah's house and fetched the carved image, the ephod, and the teraphim, and the molten image. Then said the priest unto them, What do ye? And they said unto him, Hold thy peace, 
Lay thine hand upon thy mouth and go with us and be to us a father and a priest. Is it better for thee to be a priest unto the house of one man or that thou be a priest unto a tribe and a family in Israel? Oh, now, wait a minute. Uh, and they, they, they came unto this house worshiping Yahweh. And then now they hire this priest who's worshiping idols. That was a quick turnabout. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. And the priest's heart was glad. And he took the ephod and the teraphim and the graven image and went in the midst of the people. So they turned and departed and put the little ones and the cattle and the carriage before them. And when they were a good way away from the house of Micah, the men that were in the houses near to Micah's house were gathered together and overtook the children of Dan. And they cried unto the children of Dan. And they turned their faces and said unto Micah, What aileth thee that thou comest with such a company? And he said, Ye have taken away my gods which I made, and the priest, and ye are gone away. And what have I more? And what is this that you say unto me? What aileth thee? And the children of Dan said unto him, Let not thy voice be heard among us, lest angry fellows run upon thee, and thou lose thy life with oh the lives of thy household. And the children of Dan went their way, and when Micah saw that they were too strong for him, he turned and went back unto his house. And they took the things which Micah had made, and the priest which he had, and came unto Laish, unto a people that were at quiet and secure. And they smote them with the edge of the sword and burnt the city with fire. And there was no deliverer because it was far from Zidon and they had no business with any man. And it was in the valley that lieth by Beth Rehob. And they built a city and dwelt therein. And they called the name of the city Dan after the name Dan, their name of Dan, their father, who was born unto Israel, albeit the name of the city was Laish at the first. And the children of Dan set up the graven image and Jonathan, <laughs> the son of Gershom, the son of Manasseh. He and his sons were priests to the tribe of Dan until the day of the captivity of the land. And okay. they set them up Micah's graven image, which he made all the time that the house of God was in Shiloh. Okay, but they were not Levites. So, you know, we see that... Uh... The um, the Israelites of various tribes were playing priest, uh, un, uh, you know, w- without authority. All right, chapter nineteen. Chapter nineteen, and it came to pass in those days, when there was no king in Israel, that there was a certain Levite sojourning on the side of Mount Ephraim, who took to him a concubine out of Bethlehem, Judah, and his concubine played the whore against him. And went away from him unto her father's house to Bethlehem, Judah, and was there four whole months. And her husband arose and went after her to speak friendly unto her and to bring her again, having his servant with him and a couple of asses. And she brought him into her father's house. And when the father of the damsel saw him, he rejoiced to meet him. Oh, this is your husband. How about that? (laughs) Why did you why did you leave him in the first place? Right. Okay. And his father in law, the damsel's father, retained him and he abode with him three days. So they did eat and drink and lodged there. And it came to pass on the fourth day when they arose early in the morning that he rose up to depart 
And the damsel's father said unto his son-in-law, Comfort thine heart with a morsel of bread, and afterward go your way. And they sat down and did eat and drink, both of them together. For the damsel's father had said unto the man, Be content, I pray thee, and tarry all night, and let thine heart be merry. And when the man rose up to depart, his father-in-law urged him. Therefore he lodged there again. And he arose early in the morning on the fifth day to depart. And the damsel's father said, Comfort thine heart, I pray thee. And they tarried until afternoon, and they did eat, both of them. And when the man rose up to depart, he and his concubine and his servant, his father-in-law, the damsel's father, said unto him, Behold, now the day draws toward evening. I pray you tarry all night. Behold, the day grows to an end. Lodge here, that thine heart may be merry, and tomorrow get you early on your way, that thou mayest go home. But the man would not tarry that night, but he rose up and departed, and came over against Jebus, which is Jerusalem. And there were with him two asses saddled. His concubine also was with him. And when they were by Jebus, the day was far spent. And the servant said unto his master, Come, I pray thee, and let us turn in into this city of the Jebusites and lodge in it. And his master said unto him, We will not turn aside hither into the city of a stranger that is not of the children of Israel. We will pass over to, Gil to Gibeah. And he said unto his servant, Come and let us draw near to one of these places to lodge all night in Gibeah or in Ramah. And they passed on and went their way. And the sun went down upon them when they were by Gibeah, which belongs to Benjamin. And they turned aside thither to go in and lodge in Gibeah. And when he went in, he sat him down in a street of the city, for there was no man that took them into his house to lodging. And behold, there came an old man from his work out of the field at even, which was also of Mount Ephraim. And he sojourned in Gibeah, but the men of the place were Benjamites. And when he had lifted up his eyes, he saw a wayfaring man in the street of the city. And the old man said, Whither goest thou, and whence comest thou? And he said unto him, We are passing from Bethlehem, Judah, toward the side of Mount Ephraim. From thence am I. And I went to Bethlehem, Judah, but I am now going to the house of Yahweh. And there is no man that receives me to house. Yet there is both straw and provender for our asses, and there is bread and wine also for me, and for thy handmaid, and for the young man which is with thy servants. There is no want of anything. And the old man said, Peace be with thee. Howsoever, let all thy wants lie upon me, only lodge not in the street. So he brought him into his house and gave provender unto the asses, and they washed their feet and did eat and drink. Now as they were making their hearts merry, behold the men of the city, certain sons of Belial, beset the house round about, and beat at the door, and spake to the master of the house, the old man, saying, Bring forth the man that came into thine house, that we may know him. And the man, the master of the house, went out unto them and said, Nay, my brethren, nay, I pray you, do not so wickedly, seeing that this man is come into mine house. Do not this folly. Behold, here is my daughter, a maiden, oh. and his concubine. Them I will bring out now, and humble ye them, 
and do with them what seemeth good unto you. But unto this man, do not so a vile thing. But the man would not hearken to him. So the man took his concubine and brought her forth unto them. And they knew her and abused her all night until the morning. And when the day began to spring, they let her go. Then came the woman in the dawning of the day and fell down at the door of the man's house where her Lord was till it was light. And her Lord rose up in the morning and opened the doors of the house and went out to go his way. And behold, the woman, his concubine, was fallen down at the door of the house, and her hands were upon the threshold. And he said unto her, Up, and let us be going. But none answered. Then the man took her up upon an ass, and the man rose up and gat him unto his place. And when he was come into his house, he took a knife and laid hold on his concubine and divided her together with her bones into twelve pieces and sent her into all the coasts of Israel. And it was so that all that saw it said, there was no such deed done nor seen from that day that the children of Israel came up out of the land of Egypt unto this day. Consider of it, take advice, and speak your minds. Okay, well, we speculated that this would not end well. <laughs> mm-hmm. And this is... And it didn't. It didn't, okay. So it's just like Sodom and Gomorrah. It sure is. Okay. It's exactly the same thing. Yeah, and so this is so so his the way he treated his concubine is unbelievable. Uh it, it, she gets raped by these men and then he kills her. Mhm. Is it her fault that she got raped? No. He he's no. the one who he's the one who got her in this situation in the first place, right? Yep. Just it just shows how evil the Israelites had become with all their pagan idol worship and stuff. All right, chapter 20. Oh. Yep. You could almost guess that they were possessed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's spirits a, or something. That's a good way of putting it, yeah. Well, if you start worshiping idols, that's what happens. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Okay, Judges chapter 20. Then all the children of Israel went out, and the congregation was gathered together as one man, from Dan even to Beersheba, with the land of Gilead, unto Yahweh in Mizpah. And the chief of all the people, even of all the tribes of Israel, presented themselves in the assembly of the people of God, 400,000 footmen that drew sword. Now the children of Benjamin heard that the children of Israel were gone up to Mizpah. Then said the children of Israel, Tell us, how was this wickedness? And the Levite, the husband of the woman that was slain, answered and said, I came into Gibeah that belongs to Benjamin, I and my concubine to lodge. And the men of Gibeah rose against me and beset the house round about upon me by night and thought to have slain me. And my concubine had they forced that she is dead. And I took my concubine and cut her in pieces and sent her throughout all the country of the inheritance of Israel for they have committed lewdness and folly in Israel. That's for her, <laughs> right? What did you say? That's for sure. Lewdness and folly. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Behold, ye are all children of Israel. Give here your advice and counsel. And all the people arose as one man, saying, We will not any of us go to his tent, to his tent. neither will we any of us turn into his house. But now this shall be the thing which we will do to Gibeah. We will go up by lot against it. 
and we will take ten men of a hundred throughout all the tribes of Israel, and a hundred of a thousand, and a thousand out of ten thousand, to fetch victual for the people, that they may do when they come to Gibeah of Benjamin, according to all the folly that they have wrought in Israel. So all the men of Israel were gathered together, were gathered against the city, knit together as one man. And the tribes of Israel sent men through all the tribe of Benjamin, saying, What wickedness is this that is done among you? Now therefore deliver us the men, the children of Belial, which are in Gibeah, that we may put them to death and put away evil from Israel. But the children of Benjamin would not hearken to the voice of their brethren, the children of Israel. But the children of Benjamin gathered themselves together out of the cities unto Gibeah, to go out to battle against the children of Israel. And the children of Benjamin were numbered at that time out of the cities, twenty and six thousand men that drew sword, beside the inhabitants of Gibeah, which were numbered seven hundred chosen men. Among all this people, there were seven hundred chosen men left-handed. Everyone could sling stones at an hairbreadth and not miss. And the men of Israel, beside Benjamin, were numbered 400,000 men that drew sword. All these were men of war. And the children of Israel arose and went up to the house of God and asked counsel of God and said, Which of us shall go up first to the battle against the children of Benjamin? And Yahweh said, Judah shall go up first. And the children of Israel rose up in the morning and encamped against Gibeah. And the men of Israel went out to battle against Benjamin. And the men of Israel put themselves in array to fight against them at Gibeah. And the children of Benjamin came forth out of Gibeah and destroyed down to the ground of the Israelites that day twenty and two thousand men. And the, and the people, the men of Israel, encouraged themselves and set their battle again in array in the place where they put themselves in array the first day. And the children of Israel went up and wept before Yahweh until evening and asked counsel of Yahweh, saying, Shall I go up again to battle against the children of Benjamin, my brother? And Yahweh said, Go up against him. So this is sanctioned by Yahweh. The people of Benjamin must have been extremely evil at this time. Mm -hmm. All right. And the children of Israel came near against the children of Benjamin the second day. And Benjamin went forth against them out of Gibeah the second day and destroyed down to the ground of the children of Israel. Again, 18,000 men, all these drew the sword. Then all the children of Israel and all the people went up and came unto the house of God and wept and sat there before Yahweh and fasted that day until evening and offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before Yahweh. And the children of Israel inquired of Yahweh, for the ark of the covenant of God was was there in those days. Uh-huh. Okay. And Phinehas, the son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron, stood before it in those days, saying, Shall I yet again go out to battle against the children of Benjamin, my brother, or shall I cease? And Yahweh said, Go up, for tomorrow I will deliver them into thy hand. And Israel set liars in wait round about Gibeah. And the children of Israel went up against the children of Benjamin on the third day and put themselves in array against Gibeah as at other times. And the children of Benjamin went out against the people and were drawn away from the city 
And they began to smite of the people and kill, as at other times, in the highways, of which one goes up to the house of God and the other to Gibeah in the field, about 30 men of Israel. And the children of Benjamin said, They are smitten down before us, as at the first. But the children of Israel said, Let us flee and draw them from the city unto the highways. And all the men of Israel rose up out of their place and put themselves in array at Baal Tamar. And the liars in wait of Israel came forth out of their places, even out of the meadows of Gibeah. And there came against Gibeah 10,000 chosen men out of all Israel. And the battle was sore, but they knew not that evil was near them. And Yahweh smote Benjamin before Israel. And the children of Israel destroyed of the Benjamites that day twenty and five thousand and a hundred men. All these drew the sword. So the children of Benjamin saw that they were smitten, for the men of Israel gave place to the Benjamites, because they trusted unto the liars in wait which they had set beside Gibeah. And the liars in wait hasted and rushed upon Gibeah, and the liars in wait drew themselves along and smote all the city with the edge of the sword. <clears throat> now there was an appointed sign between the men of Israel and the liars in wait, that they should make a great flame with smoke rise up out of the city. And when the men of Israel retired in the battle, Benjamin began to smite and kill the men of Israel about 30 persons. For they said, surely they are smitten down before us, as in the first battle. But when the flame began to arise up out of the city with a pillar of smoke, the Benjamites looked behind them, and behold, the flame of the city ascended up to heaven. And when the men of Israel turned again, the, ben, the men of Benjamin were amazed, for they saw that evil was come upon them. Therefore they turned their backs before the men of Israel unto the way of the wilderness. But the battle overtook them, and them which came out of the cities they destroyed in the midst of them. Thus they enclosed the Benjamites round about, and chased them, and trod them down with ease over against Gibeah toward the sunrising. And there fell of Benjamin 18,000 men. All these were men of valor. And they turned and fled toward the wilderness unto the rock of Rimmon. And they gleaned of them in the highways 5,000 men and pursued hard after them unto Gidom and slew 2,000 men of them. So that all which fell that day of Benjamin were 20 and 5,000 men that drew the sword. All these were men of valor. But 600 men turned and fled to the wilderness unto the rock Rimmon, and abode in the rock Rimmon four months. And the men of Israel turned again upon the children of Benjamin and smote them with the edge of the sword, as well as the men of every city, as the beast and all that came to hand. Also, they set on fire all the cities they came to. End of chapter 20. Okay, so Yahweh's <clears throat> vengeance upon uh, the Children of Benjamin, I guess, for idol worship, I guess it got really bad. Okay, so, uh, all right, so uh, chapter 21, which uh, is the rejuvenation <laughs> of the tribe of Benjamin. But let's go to this uh, article here about you know, the, uh, the the women of, what is the town here? Uh, that uh, Jabesh Gilead. Jabesh Gilead that uh, they procured wives um, you know, for the, the remaining men 
of Benjamin because I was curious whether what tribe they were from. So over to you. Okay, I'll start with this article, and we'll start with. Um, did you want to go through the first maybe twelve verses? Okay. Chapter 21 and then come back to this article because it looks like it picks up with chapter, I mean, with uh, yeah. verses 6 through 12, if yeah. you want to do that. Yeah, right. Yeah, Brother Aber says in the chat room, must have been a gay pride <laughs> parade <laughs> in the land of Benjamin, right? Okay. Yeah, to, to see what they did to that Danite, it's incredible, right? Mm-hmm. But, of course, even he was actually that guy was from Judah, sorry. But even he was practicing idol worship. So we can see that, wow, this was a horrible situation among Benjamites. Okay, over to you. Okay. Um, I'm going to go through the first 12 verses okay. of the Bible, and then I'll go back to the article and pick up with, with it. Yeah. So uh, chapter 21. Now the men of Israel had sworn in Mizpah, saying, there shall not any of us give his daughter unto Benjamin to wife. And the people came to the house of God and abode there till evening before God and lifted up their voices and wept sore and said, O Yahweh God of Israel, why is this come to pass in Israel that there should be today one tribe lacking in Israel? And it came to pass on the morrow that the people rose early and built there an altar and offered burnt offerings and peace offerings. And the children of Israel said, Who is there among all the tribes of Israel that came not up with the congregation unto the unto Yahweh? For they had made a great oath concerning him that came up not to Yahweh to Mizpah, saying, He shall surely be put to death. And the children of Israel repented them for Benjamin their brother and said, There is one tribe cut off from Israel this day. So now I'll go back to the article, and it picks up here with... Mm-hmm. Um, Judges twenty one six. Right. Very good. Yep. yep. Now the Israelites had compassed on their brothers, the Benjamites. They said, Today a tribe is cut off from Israel. What should we do about wives for those who are left, since we've sworn by Yahweh that we will not give them any of our daughters as wives? They said, What clan among the tribes of Israel did not come to Yahweh at Mizpah? They found that no one from Jabesh Gilead had come to the camp for the assembly. For when they counted the people, they found no one from Jabesh Gilead. The people who lived in Jabesh Gilead across the Jordan were a clan from Manasseh, one of Joseph's sons, and therefore with ties to Benjamin through their matriarch, Rachel. Later on, during the days of Saul, there would be an even stronger bond between Benjamin and the people of Jabesh Gilead, perhaps resulting from this incident. When Saul rescued Jabesh Gilead from the Ammonites, 1 Samuel chapter 11, verses 1 through 15, his kingship, which had been questioned before, was confirmed. Here, Israel was confused about what to do. They wanted to keep their oaths, but they didn't like destroying the whole tribe. Now they were planning to rectify a mass killing by means of another mass killing. <laughs> right. Okay. This was a whole nation that was leaderless, and a king of mob superstition was taking over. Can we preserve Benjamin by annihilating Jabesh Gilead and giving away their virgins so that we don't give our virgin daughters to Benjamin? The nation was making matchmaking choices for a tribe unilaterally without even consulting the tribe. 
Did they really think that 600 soldiers could not find wives for themselves without involving the entire nation of Israel in a loophole? Well, okay, so but they had made an oath not to give them their daughters, okay? Mm-hmm. So they had to find a tribe of Israel that were that didn't take that oath. And so that that's they went looking around. Okay, all right. Well, hey, here's a village. <laughs> okay, <laughs> please continue. Okay, verse ten. The assembly sent twelve thousand fighting men there and ordered them, "Go and put the inhabitants of Jabesh Gilead to the sword, including women and children. This is what you are to do: kill every male as well as every woman who is not a virgin." Among those living in Jabesh Gilead, they found 400 young virgins who had never slept with a man. They brought them to the camp at Shiloh in Canaan. Okay, we saw the same thing happen to the Israelites while they were in the wilderness, where Moses slew uh, a a bunch of Midianites, okay, Uh, every man, woman, and child. But they kept the the virgins who had not uh, known a man, and uh, apparently the sex rituals that were going on among the Midianites would uh, make these women impure, but the virgins had not been made impure yet. It looks like the same situation here in Jabesh Gilead. Crazy stuff, folks. Really crazy. Mm -hmm. All right. The attack went forward as planned. Once they had a plan and the whole weight of the nation of Israel got behind the plan, they could attack. Why hadn't they done this when they attacked the Canaanites? One tribe sometimes asked another for help, but wouldn't the Danites have fared better against Philistia if everyone had shown up instead of a couple of Danite brigades? Yes. <laughs> right? <laughs> yep. Jabesh Gilead was massacred. The men, the married women, and the children were all killed. For the 600 Danites, 400 girls were found. The bloody thing was done. Our seminary notes on this passage offer... Of this judgment. Uh, I'm sorry. Our seminary notes on this passage offer this judgment. Bonds of justice are broken. Brotherly love is denied. Rape, murder, and devastation are upheld so that the form of an oath might be preserved. They people are loyal to outward form. Inner moral rectitude is gone. Surely under a king such things can't possibly happen. Or can they? We need to remember that sin can send us into a spiral so fast that we lost track of where we are and what God's plan and love mean in our lives. One sin does not correct another sin. Repentance is what God wants, a broken heart that turns to God for rescue. He might send disaster into our lives to get our attention. I struck all the work of your hands with blight, mildew, and hail, yet you did not turn to me, declares Yahweh. In Haggai chapter 2, verse 17. But all we can do is turn ourselves to him. I can't make somebody else repent or show their repentance. And I certainly should not commit a sin in order to coax or force somebody else into turning to Christ. The gospel is the tool we have. And the gospel is what God wants us to use always. Okay, thus saith a Judeo Christian. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's uh, it's pretty obvious that Yahweh, although the verses don't say that Yahweh gave His sanction to this, nevertheless, mm-hmm. they had to find uh, these virgins, 
to repopulate Benjamin. So it appears that the surviving Benjamite men were not uh, part of the gay parade. <laughs> the, the Sodomite, they were not of the Sodomites of Benjamin. And so this is Yahweh's way of repopulating Benjamin because you know the, the promises to all 12 tribes had to be fulfilled. All right, that we would become a great nation and a company of nations after we sojourn into Europe, etc. So this is uh, this is Yahweh's way of uh, what, what, trimming trimming the, the the leaves, right? Trimming the branches. Okay, a little more here. Just like yeah, just like Solomon and Gomorrah. All right, yeah, it's amazing how bad the Israelites got. Okay. All right, do you want me to read the rest of this? Down yeah, here, yeah. I, Good. I think. Okay. Uh, go ahead. Okay, here's the note. Uh, so what happens when somebody has a decades-old grudge against me, and I don't remember exactly what I said? Let's say there is an old, old argument between me and a friend. We were both angry once and parted ways. He remembers his version of things. He even kept a journal of it all. And I remember my version. And we were both upset. So should I say I'm sorry for something I might have said, or maybe not? And should I demand that he say he's sorry too? What I need to do is repent of my failures then and of my sinful failures now. And if his grudge keeps him from ever speaking to me again, that's too bad. But I shouldn't be petty about it. I know that I'm forgiven. And if he doesn't think he needs to forgive or to be forgiven, that's between him and God. But if we're willing to set the past behind us and recognize that we can be friends today, that God is glorified and we have yet another picture of the way God's forgiveness covers us all. Okay, yeah, very interesting commentary, and, and that's true. What the, what he just said is very true. We Definitely. need to repent. And uh, so we have apparently uh, 600 Benjamite men who were repentant. And then uh, f- how many virgins was it, 400? 400. 400 yeah. virgins of the, the uh, tribe of Manasseh. In another town, it was probably just almost, but not quite as bad, right, as the tribe of Benjamin. All right, so let's. How does it all resolve itself? Okay, let's continue. Okay, since I've already gone through the first six verses of right. chapter twenty-one, I'll pick it up with verse seven. Uh, how shall we do for wives for them that remain, seeing we have sworn by Yahweh that we will not give them of our daughters to wives? And they said, which one is there of the tribes of Israel that came not up to Mizpah, to Yahweh? And behold, there came none to the camp from Jabesh Gilead to the assembly. For the people were numbered, and behold, there were none of the inhabitants of Jabesh Gilead there. And the congregation sent thither 12,000 men of the valiantest and commanded them, saying, Go and smite the inhabitants of Jabesh Gilead with the edge of the sword, with the women and the children. And this is the thing that you shall do. You shall utterly destroy every male and every woman that has lain by man. And they found among the inhabitants of Jabesh Gilead 400 young virgins that had, not, that had known no man by laying with any male. And they brought them unto the camp to Shiloh, which is in the land of Canaan. And the whole congregation sent some to speak to the children of Benjamin that were in the rock Rimmon, and to call peaceably unto them. And Benjamin came again at that time, and they gave them wives, which they had saved alive of the women of Jabesh Gilead. And yet so they sufficed them not. And the people repented them for Benjamin, 
because Yahweh had made a breach in the tribes of Israel. Hmm. Then the elders of the congregation said, How shall we do for wives for them that remain, seeing the women are destroyed out of Benjamin? And they said, There must be an inheritance for them that be escaped of Benjamin, that a tribe be not destroyed out of Israel. Howbeit, we may not give them wives of our daughters. For the children of Israel have sworn, saying, Cursed be he that gives a wife to Benjamin. Then they said, Behold, there is a feast of Yahweh in Shiloh yearly in a place which is on the north side of Bethel, on the east side of the highway that goes up from Bethel to Shechem, and on the south of Labona. Therefore they commanded the children of Benjamin, saying, Go and lie in wait in the vineyards, and see, and behold, if the daughters of Shiloh come out to dance in dances, then come ye out of the vineyards, and catch you every man his wife of the daughters of Shiloh, and go to the land of Benjamin. And it shall be when their fathers or their brethren come unto us to complain, that we will say unto them, Be favorable unto them for our sakes, because we reserve not to each man his wife in the war, for ye did not give unto them at this time that ye should be guilty. And the children of Benjamin did so, and took them wives, according to their number, of them that danced, whom they caught. And they went and returned unto their inheritance, and repaired the cities, and dwelt in them. And the children of Israel departed thence at that time, every man to his tribe and to his family. And they went out from thence every man to his inheritance." In those days, there was no king in Israel. <laughs> Every man did that which was right in his own eyes. Oh, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, right? no doubt about that. Okay, so uh, the the women of Shiloh, uh, which tribe were they, the daughters of Shiloh? Uh, uh, Bethel? Okay, so, you know, well, they had to be Israelites. Okay, apparently... Uh, Shiloh did not take part in the oath that these uh, Israelite warriors took, right? So they had to go around finding cities of Israel uh, where the women uh, were not part of uh, you know the, uh, the tribes that took the oath, right? So very, very strange, crazy times, folks. But that's kind of like what's happening today, right? Uh, we, mm -hmm. How many times have the nations of Israel, Germany, Britain, Russia, etc., made war upon each other because we simply refuse to obey his laws, all right? I mean, if our people don't get this yet, that we must obey his laws if we want to be blessed, then uh, I don't know. But, of course... The, the Judeo churches don't take these lessons to heart either. And so what they're doing is they're allowing imams, Jews, pagans, Wiccans to preach sermons in their pulpits. And they're what? They're allowing homosexuality yet again to infect Israel. Even having gay marriages. There you, there you go. So what, what do you expect, folks? You're going yeah. to an, see another slaughter. That's what we're going to see. Okay, this is not going well, folks. But again, as we've said many times, this is uh, this is the remnant. Only the remnant will survive all this. And Swamp Fox says, we're not some of the disciples from... Uh, it looks like it. 
Yes. So apparently there was a, a, a part of Benjamin that was not given over to Sodom and Gomorrah, <laughs> right? And so, but this is what we can expect to, uh, Yahweh will take vengeance. You know, all these churches that teach that the law has been done away with, you, you, better, you better get ready because there's going to be a great slaughter again in Israel. In Israel and the whole world when Yahshua comes to claim his bride, right? Think of how asinine that is to say that the law has been done away with as right. if like murder is okay it's okay to murder somebody is, is, do you really think christ came and died on the cross so that we could go out and murder and steal and rape it, it makes no sense at all right when, when i hear that well it shows how modern christianity is totally and utterly lost and rebellious and you know especially uh as i mentioned on the uh, caravan of midnight show the, the what do you call it the uh, oath not well not an oath. Well, I guess it is an oath if you if you become a 501c3 corporation you have signed your your whole ministry over to the IRS and become mm-hmm. an entity of the state so virtually every big denomination has done this they're all condemned every last one of them mm-hmm. so okay folks uh, quite a show today man. We better repent. <laughs> if there's any any show that shows we better repent, this is the one. Thank you, Dan. Thank you. I all right, it. Fo- all right, folks. Take care. Yahweh bless, and uh, you better sharpen your swords because the day of wrath is at hand. <laughs>